Okay. Yes. That was um, uh, Mr. Cusin uh, donated those. Yeah, and they're the all in like a year and a half. Huh? <laughs> it's, uh, no, people have been taking them. Uh, here's one of them. Okay. All right, let's get started today. Is... Okay, today is Daf Chavav. Yesterday was Chavhei. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf, and then we'll get to today's. A pleasure learning with everyone and Moadim Bisimcha. As you learned the lines. Amazing. All right. That's all I learned from you. That's pretty good. That's also a level. Okay. Okay, so what did we learn yesterday? We're starting off at the second line, top of the page. Rabba Barifuna said in the name of Rav that when somebody seals the water channel into the pond, on Erev Yamtiv, and in the morning he wakes up and he finds the fish you know, gathered in that pond. So obviously they were there from before, they couldn't have swam, swam in on Yamtiv. So Rav Chista says, uh, so basically those fish are mutter. And the basis of that, Rav Chista says, if that's the case, so if a chaya, if an animal, a non domestic animal, um, basically gave birth in, a, in your orchard, so that animal that's born is clearly um, doesn't need anything to capture it. It's very uh, it's, it's, it's not able to run away. So therefore you don't need any semen would be right away motor. On that Rav Nachman said, I can't believe a friend fell in such a major mistake. Um, that's version A. Version B was it was Rabbi Baravun who made the statement and, uh, and Rav Nachman said about him that a, a, a son of a friend, because it was Rabbi, the son of Rav Huna, was also a Talmud. Those were all Talmidim. Rav Nachman, Rav Huna, and Rav Chizda were all Talmidim of Rav. And um, I can believe that he fell in that mistake. There's a major difference. The difference is, is that when you went to the pond, you closing the water, that was a maise of Zimon, of appointing whatever is in the pond, that that's meant to be, uh, that, you know, to, to be caught. And uh, as opposed to when the, the animal just stomped, came into the orchard and gave birth, that uh, there was no maisa. So that's a huge, huge difference. Okay. Now, um, we did see, okay, um, the Gemara says, don't you definitely require Zimon, is a, is a brisa, um, because it talks about exactly this case, that you need to be it. And similarly, at Tzipor Jeror, you need to tie the wings of the baby so that you don't confuse it for the mom. Apparently, it's a small bird, and uh, there's not much difference between the mother's size and the baby's size. And uh, therefore, you've got to do some simon to make sure you've got the right bird. Um, and uh, this is a testimony going back to Shmaya Naftalion. So that's a, definitely a question as much a, as basically a disproof to this assumption, basically this position. Now, the Gemara then brought a different raya that seems to say the opposite. The Bryce says, in the name of Rabbi Shimben, Shimben Elozer says, that Beishami and Bezil both agree that if you were Mazmin inside the uh, nest, uh, and then you find something in front of the nest that it's going to be prohibited. Uh, but that's only by Yoni Shabach, Yoni Aliyah, and, and, and birds that are Kanunu and These are basically wild birds. 
But if it's uh, if you talk about geese and and, and chickens, and uh, a more domesticated species, as well as the chaya shekarna bepardes, all of those cases they'll be mutter, and it doesn't require zimun. So, and tzibadra uh, you do have to tie the wings in order not to switch it for the mother, and if it was uh, tied and placed in a pit or something a house. A cavern or a cave, all that will be mutter, but in a tree, there's a separate problem that you can, might come to climb the tree, which is an issue on Shabbos. You're not allowed to really, you benefit from a tree on Yom Tif. So, uh, no climbing trees. So, and if you see an animal that's already tied, a birds that are tied up, that's a problem of gazelle. The person is already laid claim ownership on it, and uh, they're going to come back for it. So, you're not allowed to just take it. So this seems to be contradictory prices. So Nachman said that, the, that you could be saying, um, both talking about the, 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 one's talking about the, the mother bird and one's talking about the, the child bird. Um, so the Gemara says, the mother bird, you can't just be mezamin the mother bird. Uh, you gotta, or the, the mother, you gotta, you have to properly trap the mother, or the mother, not the bird, we're talking about the chaya that was karna pardis. So uh, the mother, that requires more than just the zimun, it requires a proper trapping. So obviously we're talking, Rav Nachman Yitzchak answers, we're talking both about the, the, uh, the, the baby that's born, it depends on which garden, is the garden close to the city or far away from the city, and that was the two sides and that was the bottom line as far as this goes. Okay, next we talked about is a circumstance where a person wants to um, basically uh, slaughter an animal not because he needs what to eat, but to save the loss, the monetary loss, because the animal is about to die. If the animal dies, then it's a total loss, and if he slaughters it beforehand, so then um, then it, it's uh, kosher. Just to talk about dying of not uh, something of a trephus, uh that that really would be a problem eating anyway. We're talking about it's an old age or whatever it is, something that's really not a trephus. So if you slaughter it, you would save yourself. So halacha is is that on Yom Tov, as long as I can eat, I have the potential to eat a kazayis of roasted meat. So meaning there's sufficient time on Yom Tov to be able to get to it the meat to be able to eat it, that would basically allow me to slaughter it um, on that basis. Or Bikiva says it does not need to be cooked. It doesn't even need to be roasted. Even if it's eaten raw, um, that would be um, from right where you cut it, that would also be acceptable. If you shecht it in the field, um, this as particular animal, you're not allowed to carry it in on sticks the way they would carry it normally. It's a little bit too much of a public display of something like that, and that's a bizarre antiumptive. That's maritime? Yeah, it's not, it's a kind it's of like a maritime. Yeah, it's like... Oh, by the way, that's... It's like the two poles, yeah, right, those poles that you, uh, right. Yeah, right, it, you know what I mean, they put it on two poles and they're carrying it in with a group. It's just not yumptive. It's not right, and it attracts undue attention, and it and it and it's really a lack of respect to the yumptive. That's the idea, but piece, but if it's cut up and limb by limb, that would be acceptable. So Rami Bar Abba said, 
Uh, an interesting halacha, okay, and we're tying it into this Mishnah. First of all, skinning an animal and cutting it up is the proper behavior before you bring a carbonola. We don't put the ola, we don't just slaughter the animal and dump it on the mizbeach. It's the skin, and then you put and cut up the pieces, okay? And the same thing, a butcher doesn't touch the, any of the meat until it skins it first, and then cuts it up into limbs, and then you eat, then you can... Um, eat the meat. And this is proper Terech Eretz. person shouldn't eat meat before Hefshed and Ituach. So, and the Chiddush is, uh, what's the Chiddush here? So if it, the point, point is he's coming to counter, what's his idea? What's the concept? So if it's coming to counter Rav Huna's halacha, which is very interesting halacha, of Rav Huna is, is that while an animal is alive, the chazaka about this animal is that it's not allowed to be eaten. It's becheskas Israel medas. Until you can determine that a shechita has been done. Once a shechita has been done properly, so then the chazaka switched over to a, a status of kosher. Until you have a proof that something's the matter with this animal, that it has a trefus. So, uh, the, uh, so basically, if you didn't look to see if it's a trefa, you have a right to assume that it's not a trefa, because you can rely on the majority. Very important halachic principle that Rafun is applying here. And the fact that we're requiring a hefshed and nituach seems to indicate that we need, to, we need more than that. We, can't just, we cannot just rely on that. So, um, until we know b'man ishkata, um, so once it's nishchita, then it's becheskas hetter. Okay. So bottom line is, um, uh, why would we counter Ravuna? Ravuna has a mishnah backing him up because if you look in our mishnah, Rabbi Kiv is saying that you're eating the meat. Meat based tvichasa sounds like right from you didn't skin nothing. You just did a shchita and then you cut a piece of meat that's right near there near the shchita and it sounds like it's perfectly permissible. It's basically a raya proof too uh, to Ravuna's statement. So the Gemara says maybe based Tvichasa doesn't really mean that. It's talking about from the stomach and it's after you skin the animal and it's just an easy access point. And it doesn't, I guess it, you can eat that part without, without much cooking or without cooking at all. So Rami Barchama, uh, Rami Barba says that what it's really coming to teach us is proper Derech Eretz. And that's an idea that a person should eat garlic and, and onions from the head of the from the head of the garlic or onion, uh, but you, you peel off leaf by leaf. It's a little bit more of a proper, to uncouth otherwise. If a person eats that way, it's like taking a big bite into an onion. That's kind of like a raftan. He's looking like he's, like he's in starvation. It's not an appropriate behavior. Similarly, when a person drinks his cup, he doesn't drink it in one sh- down it in one shot. That's not pekavadik. If you drink that way, it's a gargaron. It's like you're like dying of thirst. It's not appropriate. And rather, um, and uh, so the price brings down that if you do it in one shot, that's a gargaron. If you do it in two, that's derecheretz. Three, that means he's sipping very slowly. That's already a kind of like a big shot. Okay, so two is the sounds to be like the best. Sounds like it's a small drink. It's hard to know exactly. I mean, I don't know anybody who drinks. You know, they're drinking in two sips. You know, the whole a whole cupful. Um, but uh, I guess it all depends on the size of the cup. It sounds almost like a. It, it depends what you're drinking. Right. If, if you're, you're drinking, drinking a beer, you want to gulp it down. If drinking wine, you want to sip it. Right. Why do we say rough course? Yeah. We say rough course. What it did, 
You grew up in a different neighborhood than New York, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Chicago. You're from the south side of Chicago, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're from the south side of Chicago. I remember <laughs> those days. Rebbe, <laughs> do you have to do anything with rough courts? When you say rough courts? Nothing to do with rough courts. This has to do with a, 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 derech, a yeah. proper <coughs> etiquette. It's called etiquette. You know what I mean by etiquette? Yeah. It's not nice. I mean, not him, but I do. Not him, not, not him but I do. Etiquette, I'm not sure. I, mean, I meant language-wise. The word et- yeah, yeah, yeah. It's French. It's French, right, exactly. Gary is not everything about No, I think, I think this situation is talking about... No, it's the point being... It's not hardy. What's hardy about that? About drinking it in one shot? No, taking more than two sips. No, no, I, it just yeah, depends. You, find, you know, when you're in your pinky, you drink your coffee with your pinky. No, 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 yeah, that's a sipping whiskey. That's a different thing. That's There's an idea too quick, there's an idea too slow, and then there's just right. What's we're trying to get at? Well, again, you have to know... The middle way is middle ground. Right, exactly. So... Okay, all right. Anyway, bottom line is... It's enough. Okay. All right. So that brings us to the next uh, um, interesting observation. Rami Barabba says that, uh, the, uh, that, that basically the, this idea of Chatsuva is... Um, so that's, that cuts the, the, right, this, this is a special type of grass or plant that was, that was planted. It had a very straight roots, go straight down. And that's a way of, they used to use it as a hedge, a border for their properties. And that was like the brick cuts the feet of those people who try stealing because you could really tell exactly where the border ends. And, um, and they're trying to be masigvol, trying to go cross over, the, you know, stretch the property line over. Um, and then we have netia, which is when we plant, it's, uh, it's basically cuts, it, it cuts the feet of the butcher, which that means, just like when you're planting, you have to start over and you have to wait a full three years before you benefit. So it educates us, it educates us to have proper patience till we can benefit from something. And that's something against like a butcher who's typically, he's, he's, he has immediate access to meat, and it teaches us that it's not terecharis. You have to learn patience, not to rush to eat the, the fastest thing. It's something that in our generation we certainly can learn. Same, and also we talked about polinidos. They, they also can learn this lesson. They're not waiting till the proper time. Patience is a very valuable thing. And then we saw about the termusa, which is this lupine bean that takes a lot of times of cooking till it becomes uh, educated. And that really is a musr shmuz, this bean, it's a musr shmuz to the Jewish people. How is it a musr shmuz to the Jewish people? This is um, uh, B'nai Yisrael doing the bed in front of the eyes of Hashem. They served seven different forms of idols, and, it, and, and uh, trying each one, and each one being a disaster, and still they don't turn to God afterwards. That's what it says. It talks about the pa'alim, the ashtaras, the elohei aram, tzidon, moav, B'nai Amon, Plishtim, seven different ones, and they leave God. What does it mean they leave God? Obviously, that, that, so the answer is, and they don't serve Him. So that means even they're like worse than the bean. The bean, you cook it seven times, and people afterwards will eat it as a dessert. It's a delicious food. Okay, maybe, okay. God is saying, okay, one thing, you tried out all these other religions, you're not satisfied with them. 
Okay, but then come back to God. It's like, no. <laughs> like, that's the thing. You're not even willing to, like, it's like you're, you're cooking, uh, so to speak, like there's been seven times, and then you're, not, you're still not uh, going back and finally eating it when it's delicious. Okay. Next, we talked about is, um, we said, why is the Torah given to the Jewish people? Because we are a tough nut to crack, basically. We are a tough, bold nation. I'm Sheoref. I'm And if not for the Torah, we would be basically... Uh, oh yeah, but without the Torah, we would be really bad. Okay, yeah. um, So at least we have the Torah. It keeps us semi in check. Imagine if we didn't have the Torah, how, uh, you know... Uh, what what we would be involved in. The Torah softens us, weakens us a little bit, gets us a little more focused on important values. And that's the idea. Mimino ish das lomo. And um, uh, they they deserve an, a das of ish, a Torah, a fiery Torah, to sort of basically our will, which is very, very strong, basically subdues it into the proper channels. And that's the idea. And uh, there are three Azin, uh, there's Yisrael in the, in the nations, the Jewish people in the nations. is a very bold nation, we're a tiny little nation, and we talk a very tough fight, and we <coughs> stand up to much bigger nations, and we don't cow from it. The dog will also start with a lot bigger animals, and the chick and the rooster um, also doesn't, uh, doesn't get afraid of uh, other birds. And uh, similar, uh, some say also goats in the Bay Madaka, and also the caper bush in the trees. What a tough little plant that is. Rashi says he's not sure what that means, but tells us, like we said yesterday, has an idea that it, um, um, whatever, he, uh, there's a few ideas he brings down that it produces multiple forms of fruit from the leaves, from the various parts that it's available. Not really stretch. Then he brings down from the re that its uh, strength is uh, the, as you know, the wine from uh, Kaper, but from, uh, it, from Kafrisen is very, uh, very stringent, uh, astringent, very strong, very sour. I don't know, something like that. That's what he says. Anyway, not clear. Okay. Brings us to the next thing, which is if you shecht it in the field, you can bring it in, in on this, on the poles. Um, that's just too too much uh, attracting attention. Similar, there are things that you don't do, like a blind man doesn't walk with his bl- the bl- I don't know what you call that stick, the stick, the blind man stick. Uh, it's the stick, okay. And uh, uh, a shepherd doesn't walk in with his knapsack, um, and you don't get carried around in a chair. Uh, both men and women. Problem is, we brought quite a few examples. Rav Yaakov Eidi said uh, was uh, there was a uh, that there was an elderly man in his neighborhood, and he would be carried around in his chair. And they asked Rabbi Shulman Levi, and he says there's a special dispensation if it's Rabim Trichan or somebody who they need. Um, so and that was the only way he could get around because he was too frail to walk. Um, and that's uh, there's a, a, that's basically um, we find the Achishaki used to carry Rafun around from Hini the Shili and Shilini. Menachem Yitzchak says I used to carry Shmuel around from the sun to the shade, the shade to the sun when he was too frail to walk. So there is a basis that it would allow it if what, it's somebody what? who's need <coughs> what. Died? You talk about if like like uh, to carry him or no, just, it's It's like a little. It's like not the kavodik to to be carrying somebody on a chair. It's like making a big deal. 
Um, you know, so, but, but in a case because like... Because of the chair? Or like yeah, because you're carrying them on a chair. Anyway, the bottom line is, there are dispensations of somebody who's frail and his, and his, and his, his position requires him to be in the other place. Or, um, and they want, there was a story, but they went to visit Rabbi Yaakov Eidi, but he already passed away. Anyway, in the end, they, uh, they asked Rosrika, and he said that... Um, um, as long as you do it a little bit less noticeable, there was not on top of the shoulders, but uh, even that we did see that uh, there are bases for a way it would be allowed if it's uh, somebody if there's some the person is very nervous, so then you need a little um, they, you know they need a different way of supporting the person. We find the wife of Rav, of Rav Nachman was carried that way anyway. That was the bottom line. Um, basically, there's a, a, a bit, if they're afraid of something or it's too big crowds and they um, and they're very frail, they can't handle. They need to be elevated and carried. Again, only in extenuating circumstances, but in general, not. All right, and that is where we got up to.